Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Crypto Chats. Um, today I'm going to do something a little bit different than what I normally do. Um, so obviously normally I talk about, you know, actual cryptids, um, but today I'm going to talk about the fearsome critters of lumberjack folklore. Um, something I've been talking about with my friends a lot recently, and there's a lot of different creatures in lumberjack folklore, um, and they're really interesting, so I want to talk about them. So let's get into it. Uh, so basically, the word fearsome critters is kind of like an umbrella term that kind of is used to describe all of the creatures that have come out of lumberjack folklore. And lumberjack folklore is literally just tall tales told by lumberjacks um, to either pass the time or uh, to kind of haze, haze the new loggers um, and things like that. They would kind of like you know, be like, oh, I heard a noise over there. Oh, I saw this thing um, to some of the newcomers and kind of, you know, spook them a little bit. And uh, w one of the things that I think is interesting is is the way that lumberjack folklore spread across the country. Uh, because basically people who worked at, at multiple camps, logging camps, would go and share their stories with others. Um, and they would kind of spread and from there would reach, you know, coast to coast. Um with these tall tales that they would tell. <clears throat> and I, I really like it. A lot of these creatures come specifically from like the Great Lakes regions, but I don't know. I think they, there's a lot kind of everywhere. Um, so I'm going to do a couple of examples of pieces of lumberjack folklore. There are a lot. There are quite a few creatures that um, ended up being the, the topic of these stories. Um, but I've narrowed it down and I'm going to tell you about four of them. So to kick things off, we're going to start with the slide rock bolter. Um, and I know if you follow me on Instagram, I've talked about the slide rock bolter and kind of, you know, thrown out the idea of doing an episode on it, but this seems like a much more appropriate setting to talk about it, um, because it is a piece of lumberjack folklore. So basically, uh, the slide rock bolter is one of the few that's not part of the Great Lakes region. Um, originally it's actually mountains of Colorado. And this creature was a large headed, almost fish like creature um, that had these like grappling hooks on its tail so that it could uh, lay on the mountain. It was the side of the entire, or the size of the entire side of the mountain, rather. Um, and it would use its, its hooks to kind of, um, you know, secure it in its place on the side of the mountain. And it had a huge, huge, huge mouth. Um, and so it would kind of just like lay on the side of mountains with a 45 degree angle or more, if it had 45 degree angle or more, um, then it would hang out on this mountain. And basically this creature would wait until an unsuspecting person crossed its path. Um, and at that point that could be, you know, either a logger that's on a claim that isn't theirs or a tourist or, you know, some other random person that's just messing around in the woods, whatever. And it would unhook itself from the mountain, slide down the side of the mountain and just kind of gobble up these people and everything in its way. Uh, one of the things that I think is interesting about the slide rock bolter and its piece of um, lumberjack folklore is that it was supposedly silent and it wouldn't make any noise as it slid down the entire side of a mountain and uh, ate everything that it passed. Um, if you're listening to this, I urge you to look up a picture of a slide rock bolter because it's truly crazy how big this was supposed to be. Um, 
literally like when I say the side of the mountain like literally the whole side of the mountain it was insane um and this this one was brought up and made up to kind of scare people from logging on claims that did not belong to them uh and that makes sense that really definitely checks out and I I know like I watch a lot of tv shows about people who go mining or you know things like that where you have to stake a claim and and that belongs to you and you only and obviously that was the same for loggers and like logging teams and stuff so it definitely makes sense it's it's one of the the weirder of the pieces of lumberjack folklore so that was the slide rock bolter and next i'm going to tell you guys about one that's called the hide behind so hide behind is a large nocturnal creature that is very similar uh, visually to um, like the doio. If you guys are familiar with um, the doio, the mortal enemy of the Snallygaster, um, all of the depictions of the doio depict it as being almost like a dogman, um, which I think it's a dogman, but a dogman that's a little bit shorter and kind of stocky. And the hide behind is very similar uh, visually to the Dwyer. Um, But this one is nocturnal and it would prey on people who are wandering in the woods in the middle of the night. Um, now, I don't know about you guys, but I do not wander around the woods in the middle of the night. Um, and I don't know why the loggers would do it either because that's not optimal time to cut down a tree. So I don't know what that's about. Um, but this one I'm sure probably helped keep people from wandering through the woods because they did not want to be eaten. Um, and that's a little, you know, foreshadowing to the fact that the hide behind eats people, uh, specifically their intestines. And it got its name because, um, it would do a thing where if you were walking, it would scoot around the tree so that you could not see it. It would stay completely out of sight to give it a better chance at being able to take one of its, one of its victims. Um, very similar behavior to the wood devils of Coas County. Um, they have a similar behavior that kind of keeps them out of sight. They don't eat people, but they don't like people. Um, so the hide behind kind of had this, this weird behavior and, uh, that's how it's got, it got its name, hide behind. Um, and so basically, I mean, I touched on this a moment ago, but it would eat people. So it would drag its victims to its lair, uh, which to my knowledge is like a cave, like a dark cave or something. And it would eat only their intestines and then leave them out as a, uh, warning, I suppose, to other loggers and other, uh, you know, people wandering in the woods of like, Hey, you're going to get your intestines eaten, eaten if you don't go home. Uh, the only thing, this is an interesting tidbit of information that I thought was pretty cool considering, you know, this is a piece of folklore, but um, the, the only thing that would kind of like keep you from being attacked by the hide behind was alcohol. So the hide behind has a, a huge aversion to alcohol. So if you had any alcohol in your system at all, it would not go near you. So the only way to prevent a hide behind attack was to be shit faced in the woods, uh, which is fun. That's hilarious to me. Um, but I like it. I'm like, you know what, if that's what it's going to take to not have my intestines ripped out of my body, I suppose I can manage being drunk in the woods. Um, and anyway, we're going to move on to our next one. We've got 
a creature called the Hoogag. The Hoogag is interesting. It's interesting looking. Personally, I kind of think it looks like a moose, uh, but without antlers. And it has a massive upper lip that kind of just hangs down that prevents it from being able to graze. So what this thing eats, I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Um, I feel like maybe that piece of the folklore might have been a little overlooked um, because it doesn't it doesn't seem like the hoogag has the ability to eat. Um, another interesting piece of information about it is that it supposedly had jointless legs, so it couldn't sit down. Um, it basically just stood all the time, and uh, if it did need to rest, it would lean against trees. And I read something, this, it didn't make a ton of sense to me the way it was phrased, but I understand the general gist of what they were saying. Um, and they used to, you know, say that you could capture a hoogag by putting notches in the trees or something, putting something in the tree to um, kind of uh, hook onto it, I suppose, uh, when it would go to lean on the tree. Um, so the hoogag was just a very, it was big. It was a big animal. Like, it looked by the artist depictions that I had found it looked very much like woolly mammoth sized but like a weird moose with a weird lip and really skinny funky legs so pretty weird looking but uh, according to all the many tales of the lumberjack folklore it was not ferocious and not aggressive not even a little bit and kind of just hung out which like good for you that's cool um, thanks for not eating anyone, I guess. So that, that is the hoogag, and I've got one more for you, um, but I'll give you guys a, a little list of a few, um, other fearsome critters in lumberjack folklore, so that if you want to learn more, uh, you have some more that you can learn from. Um, so we also have, this is the last one that I've done, you know, a whole backstory on, but it's interesting and I like it. So this is called the Sidehill Gouger. The sidehill gouger was a feline-like creature, almost like a cougar or a mountain lion, uh, very similar vibes to that, that lives in hillside burrows and kind of just like dwells on the hillside. Um, now, this part is very interesting to me. I think this is so cool. Uh, because it, its main habitat is the hillside, it has one set of legs on one side of its body that is significantly shorter than the other side to kind of make walking on the hillside a little bit easier for it. Now that is cool and interesting, um, but a couple things about that. First of all, there were two different types of hill, side hill gougers. There were clockwise side hill gougers whose legs would have been shorter on the right side, and then counterclockwise side hill gougers whose legs would have been shorter on the left side. And so they were not all the same. There was one of each you know, or not one of each, I guess, but you had, you got, it was a, a roulette. You either had your legs short on your left side or your legs short on your right side. And basically they, because they all lived in the same kind of habitat, these clockwise and counterclockwise gougers would uh, ever, ever so often run into each other on the hillside. And that created a problem because they couldn't pass each other because of the fact that they can only really go in one circle forever. It's kind of sad, actually. So basically, if a counterclockwise and a clockwise gouger met face-to-face -face on the side of a mountain um, with the ability to pass just out the window, they would have to fight to the death 
to see which one is superior and which one gets to move forward. That's horrifying to me. Um, I can only imagine like seeing that, like can you imagine like you're just walking by the hill enjoying your day and there are these two like cougars with like half short legs that are just like killing each other so that they can move forward. Horrifying. Very scary. Very sad. Uh, the other thing about side hill gougers that kind of makes me upset is that because of the fact that half of their legs are significantly shorter than the other half, they were kind of useless in almost every way. Um, and if by chance one of them fell off of the hill, they would usually starve to death and die because they could not walk normally you know, because half of their body is smaller than the other half, um, which took away their ability to be able to walk or get back up on the hillside. Um, so they would either starve to death or be captured by lumberjacks. Very sad, very sad time. Um, I also have no idea what they ate. I would assume maybe like rabbits or squirrels, other things that live in the hillside. I have no idea. I don't know what any of these things ate, except for the slad rock bolter that ate people. Oh, and so did the hide behind. Anyway, I don't know what the side hill gouger ate. I don't really know what's super accessible on the hillside or in these little, uh, little burrows that they would make. Um, but very, very interesting creature, I think. I think it's neat. Uh, and the other thing about the Sidehill Gouger is that it was said to have originated in Vermont and migrated west towards the Great Lakes region. So it, it started in New England and kind of made its way over. So that's interesting to me. Um, I'm going to give you guys a quick list of a few other uh, random fearsome critters from lumberjack folklore. Um, just in case, you know, you, you would like to hear some more. Uh, so we had the Tripodero, there is the Snollygoster, not to be confused with the Snallygaster, this is Snollygoster, um, lots of O's in place of A's. Uh, there was a tea kettler, uh, something called a goofus, a hangdown, um, so many, there's so many weird ones. Um, I really like them. But one thing I did actually learn is that where there were a couple, and this is, you know, we see this sometimes in cryptozoology, but there were some creatures that were unintentionally just like lore for things that actually existed. Um, there was a, uh, fearsome critter called the upland trout, uh, which was a legendary fish fish that was purported to nest in trees, uh, which is interesting because the mangrove killfish, kill, kill a fish, killfish, whatever it's called, um, is actually known to uh, take shelter in decaying branches after it leaves the water. So that's really interesting. There was um, one, uh, excuse me, one fearsome critter that uh, is called the upside down. And it was a crane that flew upside down for some reason. Um, and based on the descriptions that were given of it and stuff, um, it was basically just a, a wood stork that just, you know, was doing something weird at the time. Um, so it's interesting because they, there were a lot of things that were based on actual creatures, um, that they heard and, or saw, um, and just kind of got a spooky name just to, you know, mess with the other people in the camps and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, 
a lot of the fearsome critters were just made up to kind of explain things like weird sounds in the woods or, you know, people going missing, which I feel like was probably as big of a problem in the lumberjacking times as it is now. But, uh, you know, blame the hide behind because it was definitely that bitch that did it. And yeah, I mean, that's what I got for you guys today. Uh, these names will all be in the description of the, the episode. So if you do want to look into them more, they will be right there for you. I know they're all kind of silly, so it's a little hard to keep track of them. But uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed a, a different approach to to my normal topic this week, uh, doing, you know, some lumberjack folklore instead of uh, just a solid cryptid. I know I definitely enjoyed it. Um, so I hope to see you guys next time and yeah, bye.